Welcome to Dynasty Sports Empire, the podcast, a part of the DynastySportsEmpire.com podcast network. Dare I say the flagship podcast of the Dynasty Sports Empire podcast network. We bring you the latest in sports and fantasy sports with, shall we say, a lighter approach to what most people continue consider a very serious undertaking. On the show today, we talk about Phil Mickelson and the PGA Championship, Julio Jones drama in our required weekly NFL segment, and NBA playoffs preview slash updates and some of the most of the series have already started. Uh, you can email us at dscthepodcast at gmail.com, at dscpodcast on Twitter, dscthepodcast on Instagram. If you really want to get our attention, get a message to us, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts to help other people find us. We will read your five-star review on the podcast if you leave one. Uh, all right. So welcome to Dynasty Sports Empire, the podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Roman. Alongside me tonight and every night is a guy who never actually fractures his finger while aggressively taking off his shirt. Tim Reinhardt. Welcome, Tim. I don't know that story. I, I've, I've never done that. Okay. Um, I don't think I've fractured a finger either. So yeah. All right. What do, what's the story? So uh, as you, as you remember from when we talked with uh, Ryan, uh, Ryan from Baseball HQ. Yeah. Uh, one of my pet players this year was Zach Plesak, one of my keepers in our league. Yes. And yes. I have him in just about every other league. Uh, he had a uh, mediocre to bad start yesterday. Hasn't had a great year so far. And he was taking off his shirt aggressively, fractured his finger. He's now on the IL and he's on the IL on all like basically 90% of my fantasy baseball league. So that's a huge bummer for me. Uh, Watch out aggressively taking off the shirt. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So that made me think back to because baseball has like some of the weirdest injuries. I don't know what it is about baseball. Um, There was the Mike Matheny one. Uh, when he was the catcher for the Cardinals, where he uh, was opening a switchblade or something and, and uh, um, cut sliced his hand and couldn't go in the playoffs. Yeah, um, I remember that. And, you know, it's funny because I, I just looked up MLB's strangest injuries and like there's at least three entries on every single year. Uh, oh my goodness! Be- yeah, <laughs> because the, because there's so many different things. Like Trevor Bauer injured himself right, on a drone. drone. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't remember who it was. Somebody like got a bunch of stitches in their pitching hand because they were like thawing and like getting the ice out of their freezer or something. And they were okay. like using a they were using like a knife and um uh like they were you know using a knife to pick at the ice and it's like oh. Yeah. yeah, there was um, Joel Samaya in 2006 who injured himself because he was playing too much a Guitar Hero. Uh, oh, right. Oh, and yeah. didn't David Price um, have an issue because he was playing too much Fortnite when uh, he was the Red I, Sox? I think that was one, yes. I want to yeah. say that was a thing. Yeah, and uh, there was uh, another Cardinal, Julian Tavares, who uh, smashed the bullpen phone uh, right. in the NLCS. So he, uh, you know, to his non-pitching hand, but he he was out for several games uh, at that point. Um, yeah, that's some. Yeah. Th- there's you're right. There are some wild, some wild ones. So um, I, this is a story I remember when I was a kid. Uh, one of the um, one of the guys that helped coach um, our our like summer league teams growing up um, knew one of the New York Yankees and. He told us this one story how like 
they were all playing golf one day on their off day and one of the groups in the back hit into the groups in the front and hit one of the Yankee players in the shoulder and he went on went on the DL for like you know inflammation in in his throwing shoulder and everyone thought it was just like because he had some actual baseball injury but he got <laughs> hit the golf ball on a golf course yeah yeah so yeah some wild stuff out there yeah Matt, uh another example I was thinking of is Madison Bumgarner who uh, hurt himself because he's riding a riding a dirt bike, uh, falling off riding falling off a dirt bike. So and was uh, was it wasn't that like in his contract that he couldn't do that? Something, something like that. I think there was some cover up about. Um, he, he tried to pretend that wasn't what happened. Right. And yeah. Yeah. There's there's a whole bunch of those. So uh, in this case, it's not quite as funny because it's my terrible luck for basically all of my fans. He is the number one player I have the most shares of. And so that, that one really hurts. If he had a great year, I would have been in good shape. Um, but he, alas, I will wait until his fractured finger um, heals. And I, I'm assuming he will bring me championships when he's um, aggressively throwing baseballs instead of taking off his shirt. So, so. this is... Um... It's, I, I just remembered this. I didn't something like this happen to Zach Wheeler last year. Like he caught a jagged nail on um, like, yes, while putting mm-hmm. putting on his, his pants. pants, his pants. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's right. Uh, <laughs> so it says Wheeler discovered that when he caught the nail on his middle finger of his pitching hand while donning his pants. Uh, I have to look up what donning means. I believe that's putting on on, or taking. Yeah. I mean, there's only two options. Put on. (laughs) Yeah. You got 50% chance there. Um, So yeah, very, a lot of clothes related uh, injuries. So, um, so anyway, uh, enough of my griping about my bad luck in the fantasy football or fantasy baseball. Well, at least, um, at least it's not Ioannis Cespedes. Sorry, I think I'm on the same page as you are now. Uh, <laughs> who, like fractured his ankle and then like you know couldn't walk. Uh, yeah, yeah, because uh, he just fell down or something. Or oh, in a he fell in a hole. That was it. Yeah, um, <laughs> fell in a hole where he was. Ch- he was chasing a wild boar. So yeah, that's another um, one. Yeah. yeah. Oh that, my that, goodness! Yeah, yeah. there's the there's so many good, there's so many on. good ones. I'll I'll retweet I'll retweet that article um, on our Twitter account. Yeah, so everybody can see it. Um, it's pretty it's pretty funny just to go through them. Um, a a, very, a a lot of them are very recent. Um, <laughs> when you get back farther, there's not quite as many. I don't know if that's because we just didn't hear about them, or guys are just getting into weirder things. Um, probably yeah. probably we hear about them more because like if if somebody like got hurt putting on their pants in 1958, we probably wouldn't have heard about it. So, right. That's, uh, th- that probably wouldn't have made it out of the clubhouse. Um, <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> so yeah, it's, um, it is interesting. Like, uh, all the, I mean, speaking of just injuries, like all the injuries that are happening, you know, the New York Mets in particular are just absolutely right. decimated, uh, by every injury you can possibly think of. Um, from getting hit in the face with a ball to strained hamstrings. It's, it's wild. Yeah. There's, and I, I, I don't know if this is just bias based on this year, but it definitely feels like there's a lot of injuries. I have a lot of red flags and, and ILs and all sorts all over yeah. all of my teams. There's not one team that is um, in good shape and yes. has, you know, enough, <laughs> enough players to go through. So um, filling up those IL slots, the injury uh, bug. 
yeah, it's, it's tough. So, um, anyway, um, speaking of, I don't know, injury bug, I'm sure Phil Mickelson has been injured in his past. Um, so I'll use that as a clumsy segue to, uh, the PGA championship this weekend. Tim, did you watch? Um, I watched most of, um, I watched a little bit on Thursday night, like the replay of it. And I watched um, a decent amount on Saturday afternoon, and I watched almost all of it on Sunday. Um, okay, it was awesome. I I love Phil Mickelson. Um, you know, I like the. Um, there's so much to like about him. I think that he, you know, completely transformed himself, and you know, went on a whole new uh, a whole new diet and workout regimen, and looks like, you know. He looks, he's 50. He looks like he's probably, you know, closer to our age. Uh, and when he was closer to our age, he looked like he was 50, you know? Like <laughs> he, you um, so I, I, I love the, that like he transformed himself like that and, and is feeling younger and is able to hit the ball, you know, that, that was, that was the coolest thing about, <clears throat> about it was, um, well, there are a lot of cool things, but one of the coolest things about it was he gets up on the 18th hole and absolutely smokes his drive, the longest one of the entire tournament, um, longer than all these younger guys, the Bryson, Bryson DeChambeau, Brooks Kepka, you know, and just at, at age 50. Um, so I, I love that he has that story. I, I like that he seems to be a fun guy that doesn't take himself too seriously all the time. You see, you know, see him in those, uh, those matches with Tiger Woods, um, the, the last couple years, those have, I've really enjoyed watching those and like listening to their banter back and forth. So, um, I was excited when I saw that he was in the lead and it was cool because, um, initially they were trading, um, trading the lead back and forth uh, a couple times. Um, Cause I think Phil initially bogeyed the first hole and uh, Kepka took the lead and then it went back. So it, it was, it was neat at first. And then, you know, you kept on waiting, like, is, is he gonna, is there going to be some kind of implosion? And, and he hit the ball in the water at one point and kind of wondered, but he got, he was able to get himself a good, uh, a good drop and, and put in. Um, and, and I think he saved, uh, saved par even on that, on that hole. I think it's the 14th hole there, but what a tournament. It was so much fun and good for him for, for all that stuff. So Phil Mickelson becoming the oldest person at 50 to ever win a major championship. So I'm always a, a sucker for uh, old guy wins something, whatever it is, championship in in whatever sport I'm a sucker for it. So uh, I didn't get a chance to watch too much, but I was definitely rooting for him along the way he he's always been like one of the best scramblers so you know he's not a guy that like oh he's got it in the rough or or hit in the water you know i would i i never worry about him that much i remember when uh i went to the u.s open when it was near here in philadelphia uh back in 2013 i believe um and we were posted up at the end of one of these holes and um you know we saw uh a group come around and we were like, you know, like I think Phil's in this group. Like where is he? And we, we looked all the way down the fairway, all the way on the side. He was like in like the side of the Creek and he just was in like 
you could barely see him. He was in the tall grass in the creek, and he just bombed it from there. And like, like two shots later, it was in the hole for a yeah. part. So it, it's like, uh, it's like absolutely. Like He's a magician with that stuff. Yeah. Well, the one shot he had coming out of the bunker, um, where he chipped in for, uh, pretty sure it was a birdie. Um, that sort of set him on the momentum to, I think he grabbed the lead there and then never gave it back. Um, but yeah, he's, uh, he's fun to watch, uh, around the greens like that. Uh, just, just an absolute surgeon with, uh, with the clubs. Yeah. So, uh, Phil Mickelson was 400 to one after he bogeyed the first hole of round one. Um, so he, comes wow. back to win that apparently somebody won uh quite large very a couple of people one not very many people but a couple of people won pretty large uh on the uh 200 to 300 to 400 to one um odds for him on there now do you have a do you have a favorite golfer that that you beside so you said he's that phil's one of your favorites do you have a favorite golfer that you you know follow like to like to see do well not really, you know, generally my, my, and, I, and maybe I talked about this before, but my general rooting interest when I'm watching golf is I want everybody to do well. Like I'm rooting for every shot to go in, um, you know, unless there's, uh, wagering implications. I'm always right. rooting for the, like on the green, go in the hole. Like I'm, I'm always rooting. And maybe this is just from playing so much golf. I'm like, golf is like hard. <laughs> oh my gosh, man. Yeah. So, so like w- I want people to do good, uh, when they play. So I'm always rooting for that. Um, you know, I think obviously, um, not always the case, but majority of the time I'm rooting for just guys to do well and, uh, just want, just want them to have fun out there. You know, yeah, what about I, you? I, I'm with you on that. I, I feel like I just want to see guys do cool stuff. <laughs> like, right. Just because, you know, not that I can, you know, throw a football 70 yards or, or hit a 95 mile an hour fastball. Cause I can't do those things either, but golf, what, what those guys do with, I, I guess, I don't know. I, I play a lot of golf in the summer and I'm like an okay, like player. I, I I'm a 16 handicap, whatever that means. And okay. like, but to watch these guys, like just do the cool stuff that they can do out of, lies where I would be like, well, I guess I'm just gonna, you know, try to hit this ball forward a few yards, see what happens. Like, you know, it's when they grab the club and swing lefty or, you know, when they sneak it through, um, you know, this one narrow inlet in the trees, uh, when they, when they're able to, you know, chip out or, uh, go, like you said, bomb balls out of the rough, uh, you know, 190 yards and spin them backwards to the, like that stuff is, is awesome. Um, yeah. So I'm always just in awe of the cool stuff that those guys are able to do. Yep. And I, I've actually never uh, been able to spin a ball. So anytime the ball spins, I'm like, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. Total yeah. accident <laughs> <laughs> when it does. Um, so let me ask you this. This is a question that was asked frequently among some of my college baseball uh, friends. So Take 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 you and say an average golfer, um, and take a PGA golfer, and who would win if you played a PGA golfer and they played opposite handed? 
Um, boy, would they would they have the opposite hand clubs or would their clubs be turned? They around? have the opposite hand clubs. Okay. Uh, I'm inclined to think that they would win. I think they would win 100 percent of the time. Yeah. They play yeah. The game. <laughs> like and, I mean, and it's, it's amazing it's, what they're able to do. Like they're it's yeah. it's almost like you we like watch these guys like NBA. We're gonna talk about the NBA in a little bit. And we see these guys shoot these shots like from a million, you know, these half court shots and they make them. We're like, wow. But like they practice that stuff. Like they do this right. stuff all the time. Um, not that like Phil Mickelson's out there shooting right handed, uh, but like he's I, I think that any professional athlete is almost definitely better than the normal amateur um, opposite handed. Yeah, and I think you're right, and and it may come down to even just putting. Like they probably mess around and hit more putts with their wrong hand than I ha- hit like in my career. Yeah, you know, like just just that alone would make the difference. And uh, you know what you said is is it kind of a uh, a little bit of a segue, but um, over over the weekend um, the English Premier League soccer season ended, um, yes. and. Uh, Liverpool was needed, uh, not in this game, but in the last game, they needed to get uh, a win in order to qualify for the Champions League, um, which we talked about with uh, Ben from Indiana, our uh, soccer correspondent. Um, So at the end of the game, they were tied. And um, one of my, I was a former goalkeeper myself. And one of my favorite plays in soccer is when they pull the goalie and it's a corner kick and the goalie runs all the way up like 120 yards to try to do something. Um, It almost never results in a goal. But in this case, um, the Liverpool goalie got the ball came to him and he headed it a perfect glancing header into the corner to win the game, like a giant game that changed the entire season for Liverpool. Um, But one of the things the one of the things they talked about was like, do you practice? They asked him in the interview, they're like, do you practice that in, in practice? Like, and he's like, no, I don't know. We just kind of sometimes like if the goalkeepers are hanging out, we like just head around a little bit. So like, you know, just thinking about him as a professional athlete, not supposed to really practice heading cause he doesn't do it a lot in a game, but you're just on a soccer field or, or a golf course or wherever for six to eight hours a day. And you just end up practicing some, some things just because you're just standing around, right? Um, so, you know, the implication being a goalkeeper on uh, a soccer team is going to be better at heading than than me, uh, a person who could be heading around on a soccer team. And uh, a golfer would be better at hitting left-handed than I would be and left-handed. And I think it's like we, we just forget how absolutely talented these guys are. And like, I think right. back to that, I think it was a, I think it was a Tiger Woods Nike commercial where he's like bouncing the, you know, the ball up and down on his, on his, uh, on his iron. And then like yep. bounces, you know, goes on for probably 30 seconds. Then he hits it oh, up man. in the air and smacks it down the fairway. Um, we tried to do that so much when I played golf in, yeah. in high school, we tried to do that so many times, like never worked. Yeah, <laughs> never it's pro- worked. It's, And it was probably like, you know, uh, like Jay-Z recording an album, one take, my, yeah. mic drop, like, yeah. thanks Tiger for the five minutes of your time. Yeah. Like, it, So I think my point being, I guess, is we forget just how talented these guys are at what they do. And um, in, in the uh, in the example of um, that soccer example you gave or um, uh, a professional golfer playing um, opposite-handed, like, I, I just think that they're so good that, 
really wouldn't phase them one way or the other. Yep. I completely agree. Yeah. Um, so let, let's jump to uh, NFL first and then we can um, give our, our NBA uh, yeah. full preview. So um, the major, major, I guess, if you call it, uh, NFL news this week was uh, Julio Jones. Um, you know, so the situation with the Falcons, he's on the Falcons, obviously, yeah. star wide receiver. Let's, let's get into this. Yeah. I'm, I'm, in, yeah. I'm so, interested in your take. Okay. So he had had a uh, injury plagued year last year. He's a little bit getting up there in age, um, probably on the back end of his um, career, but also could be a very, you know, still good, right? Uh, not a nothing. So um, the Falcons are in a salary cap situation in which they don't have enough free cap space to sign their rookies. How? Um, like, pause the story. How does I, that even happen? That is is one of those people that's like, um, you know, you see those signs that's like, uh, no gas for twenty five miles, and they look at the thing and they're like, yeah, I could probably make it. I, I might, make and it. then they don't make it. <laughs> they oh don't make gosh, it by ten is, miles. Off, that yeah. is so. <laughs> that is so not me. I'm like yeah, me quarter of a tank. Like, where is the next gas station? Yeah, even exactly. though like I pretty much yeah. just drive. I almost. I mean, all I do is like in my car these days is drive to work. Like I probably could, you know, get it down to an exact science, but nope, <laughs> too much yeah. anxiety there. Yeah, exactly. Like, if I, if I, if I salary cap, yeah. yeah. Oh, if I see goodness. that sign, if I see that sign and I'm like, I have like three quarters of a tank of gas. Fill I'm like, up. can't risk it. Can't risk it. Got to fill it up. Fill up and get um, the auxiliary tank out too. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Not going to risk it. That, that always reminds me of um, when uh, I used to joke. Like when I went, went to an office um, and like I drink a little bit of water, you know, you have a water cup during the day or whatever. But the instant that, you know, the building sends out an announcement that's like, all right, we have to turn off the water for a little bit to do a maintenance. I'm like, I'm incredibly parched. Like I need all of the water <laughs> in the world right now. Like I can't deal with like just not knowing, knowing that I can't get water. I need it. Absolutely. And so same with the gas. Same with the Falcons. Same with the Falcon who, salary cap yeah, situation. <laughs> yeah. Who who saw the sign and they were like, you know what? Going to push it. Yeah, um, it. Let's see if we yeah. can make this work. <laughs> yeah. And, spoiler alert. They can't. Um, so they need to do some drastic um, cutting of their salary cap. And one of the players that looks like he's on the block is Julio Jones. He's asked for a trade back in March, apparently. Um, and then this week, there's a whole situation where Shannon Sharp on um undisputed indisputed i'm not sure what One program shows, he's on. yeah yeah calls him live on tv and he says i'm done with the falcons um right. like Asking i'm out of there going to the cowboys right and he says no i want to win right which is uh that literally is enough content to power an entire country's worth of the internet uh okay. for at least a week do you think so that th- i haven't and i haven't done any research on this or or looked at it any more than what I heard on the radio this morning. Do you think that he had no idea he was on national TV? That's what the implication is based on people that were watching it. I did not watch it. I I heard the clip. Yeah. I, I mean... This is too. All right, I guess here's the here's the question: Does does Julio Jones benefit by 
have in any way can Julio Jones benefit by having this out? Because if so, I mean, yeah, like I'm wondering if this was a calculated move by both of them because everyone, you know, if he somehow is better off in a situation with the Falcons to get traded, um, I don't know what that would be, but if he was in some somehow a better position, now he wins. Shannon Sharp wins because he's, he, his news story has consumed the internet for a 24-hour right. news cycle. Um, I don't know. I It, it just seems yeah. like it, it might have been one of those planned things. Uh, you know what? I didn't think about that before, that w- it was planned, but I actually like that uh, a lot because what I try to think about in these cases is who benefits. And yes. you, you ha- hit the nail on the head is that both Shannon Sarp and Julio Jones benefit. The Falcons do not benefit, right? Because they lose their leverage quite a bit. Um, if, you know, they're obviously shopping them around and taking offers and stuff, but, um, now it's pretty much out in the open that he's not coming back to their team. So they pretty much have to deal them. So, um, if they had an acceptable offer, they probably would have dealt them already. Um, so I I think you're right. I think, uh, I, I will, I'll dive in on the conspiracy theory with you. I'll take that, um, that that was manufactured. Um, I don't think that, well, you know what? I'm not. I'm not going to say I don't think that a professional athlete knows when Shannon Sharp is on TV. But um, you know, well, look, you could hear you. You heard the. You heard the. Uh, um, the the clip, right? I didn't hear the clip. No, oh. please stop. Yeah. Who's the guy that he's on? Skip Bayless. Yeah, is running his mouth in the background the whole right. time. Like okay, yeah. So I, I don't know it, the whole thing. So basically what they were saying on the radio is like Julio Jones is going to be pissed at um, um, at Shannon Sharp. He can sue him because it's, you know, not two party consent and all that. And I was like, but did he? I don't know. May, may, I, I'm going off on the wrong. Like we're, we're driving this maybe in the wrong direction. <laughs> no, uh, this is fine. This is I, I like this angle. I like this angle a little bit more because it's a little bit more juicy than, oh, where is Julio Jones going to land? Right. That that to me is not quite as exciting. He's a big name with like, uh, you know, maybe not as much on field talent as his uh, name, you know? Yeah. Um, so. I think there's a couple places he could land um, that would be interesting, but uh, I do like the um, I do like the conspiracy angle though as well. It's a very uh, NBA player type move. Yeah, right. To, so yeah. in a world where everyone's trying to you know trying to make their move and get out, um, uh, maybe this is his way of, of of doing that and calling in a favor with Shannon Sharp. Yeah. Are yeah, they actually related? Because Shannon Sharp was like, "It's your favorite uncle." Hey, nephew. Like, yeah. I don't know. Okay, I don't know. I wasn't sure if that was like a thing they did, or if like they were actually, you know, actually related. Anyway, I'm not the only person that has googled this. Um... <laughs> I'm sure not today. Yeah, today it's been uh... <laughs> literally an article uh, asking, "Are are they related?" Uh, you know, it, it's some sort of clickbait that's going to ask me to scroll through like a million things. Oh, I love those. Um, those are the best. Yeah. So I, I believe uh, he, is, he was using it colloquially. Colloquially. Uh, they're not actually related. Okay. Um, Got it. But hey, don't fact check me. Uh, so anyway, enough of the, enough of the NFL. Yeah. 
No quarterback stuff uh, to worry about this week. No quarterbacks. I mean, there was some Aaron Rodgers stuff Aaron Rodgers, that I just I, I, doesn't 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 rise to the level of something that I, like he didn't intend OTAs. I mean, I don't think anybody expected him to. So that doesn't rise to the value of news really for me. Um, right. So you know, it is what it is. He's on vacation with his girlfriend in Hawaii. Yeah, that, I mean, right. He's thirty. Who who, years old. who among us would rather do that instead of going to OTAs? So. Right. Um, I, yeah. No, thanks. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So um, on to the NBA, our, our last topic for tonight. Let's so I, I wanted to go through a, a little bit and kind of level set. We'll probably do this each week um, because um, this these playoffs will be going on for a while. So we'll just level set the uh, the playoff uh, series is where they are, uh, get some odds and, and maybe get some insights uh, about what's going to happen next. All right. So um, let's talk with a little bit first with a little, th- not theory, but something that I have heard people talk about a little bit. Um, so throughout the the bubble and the no fans era of our lives here, uh, a lot uh, has been made of home field advantage basically disappearing. Um, so, and what people have said in the past is that home field advantage manifests itself via fans causing maybe indirectly uh, referees to make preferential decisions towards the home team, um, especially in basketball. So um, what I wanted to look at quickly before we started going in here was the teams that would have a lot more fans in their stadium than others. So, um, and and maybe who would have an advantage there. So, so one thing I I did find um, is the Miami heat, obviously in Florida, they, are basically going to go to 95% capacity um, starting with game three. They're down 0-2, so uh, I think they may need all help they can get. Um, The 76ers are at 50%, which I think they did did something actually a little bit kind of funny in that they're allowed 50%, but what they did was they just packed everybody in the lower bowl. (laughs) So (laughs) half the stadium was full, but everybody was packed all in the same section. It was incredibly loud. And technically, they were following the law, but uh, it was a little bit uh, not the spirit of the yeah, <laughs> yes, of, not of the not the spirit, yeah. But uh, it made for good atmosphere there. Um, and the other one that I wanted to highlight that is something is that the um, Dallas Mavericks are going to go to near full capacity in Texas, obviously. Okay. So um, other places like Los Angeles, uh, New York areas are are pretty low. Um, so Boston looks like near full capacity, May 29th. So, um, but, uh, I don't know how much difference that one is going to make. So let's get into, let's get into the bracket, so to speak. Um, I'm going to start in the Western conference and move down. So, um, number one seed Utah jazz against Memphis Grizzlies, Memphis, uh, pulled the surprise yeah, we on were wrong about that last week. Yeah. We were, they pulled the surprise on the warriors. I guess we can, we can recap the play in a little bit in that, um, Lakers warriors game was one of the most fun games of the year. Did you stay up for that? Nope. I did. I shut it down. I heard yeah. about it the next day. Big LeBron yeah. three at the end of the game. Yeah. Um, but I uh, did, uh, I did a hashtag sports in bed on that one. Okay. Just powered it up phone uh <laughs> and uh and watch the end of it that way uh same same with the memphis um warriors game both were pretty exciting to the end 
Um, but the Warriors end up losing both of those um, and Memphis gets into the eighth spot in the West. So, and they use that momentum to beat Utah in the first game. So yeah. they're already up uh, one to one nothing up, against Utah. Um, Utah was missing Donovan Mitchell, who had been hurt for a while. Um, he should be back for game two. So that's going to give them a big boost. Um, so I still think this one goes towards Utah. Um, looking at the DraftKings um, series prices, um, which I've now lost. Um, I believe that the um, Utah Jazz are still favored. Um, they are still favored, minus three forty-five favorites. So okay. uh, you'd have to lay three three dollars, almost three fifty, to uh, to win a dollar there. Um, so any, uh, which side are you taking on that one? Um, yeah, I mean, I think you know, didn't Utah have uh, have the best record in the NBA? Yes. Um, yeah, I, I don't I don't see them in a seven game series uh, getting bested by Memphis. Yeah, and I, I think you know there, a, a one game, a first game loss to an underdog has happened quite a few times. So that's not that sure. abnormal. And as you see by the lines, it's probably not going to end up being uh-huh. super threatened by Memphis. Yeah. But let's let's see you know what, what happens this next game. And yeah, and, uh... yeah, it's a must win. I mean, it's a must win game for Utah. So they got to get it um, to tie that up. Yeah. going back to Memphis. Um, the uh, 4-5 game in the West is the Clippers uh, of Los Angeles and the Dallas Mavericks. So Dallas um, pulled a little bit of a surprise winning the first game. So that's another underdog um, um, taking the lead there from the LA Clippers. Not a lot of home fans um, for the Clippers there for their home set. And if I'm looking at the prices correctly, um, the Clippers are still minus 155 favorites on this. Um, I actually put a little bit on Dallas Mavericks at plus 125-ish uh, oh, earlier yeah, right. today to uh, to take this series. They already have one game. They are going home to a near full capacity crowd. And the Clippers haven't shown the ability to win yet. I still think that the Clippers are going to win, but I, I thought the uh, the price was too good to pass up. Yeah, that's that sounds like a nice little value play by you there. Um, and because... You supported me um, all those years when uh, I was, we were, you know, roommates and living together in, or living uh, near each other in Boston. Whenever I'd watch Ohio State games, you'd come over and cheer along <laughs> with me. And for that reason, uh, I'm I'm going Mavericks. And that, okay. yes, that was a, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, what's that show Mark Cuban's on uh, reference? Um, my goodness. Uh. It's, he's on the the one where they do the uh, yeah. inventions Shark, or whatever. Shark Tank. Shark Tank. And for yeah, that Shark reason, Tank. they yeah. always say that. Yeah. And for that reason, <laughs> I'm out. Okay. Uh, so, and for that reason, I'm supporting. Uh, I'll, I'll go with you on that yeah. one. Go with Mavericks. Yeah, and, and the Clippers are just a very to, to me a very unlikable team. Kawhi uh, is a robot, and Paul George is just unlikable. Um, and I I don't think the vibes are all wrong there. Um, maybe they win this series, but I, I don't I don't know. I I. I picked them before before the playoffs to go to the NBA Finals, but um, there, there's something not quite right there. Okay. So moving on to uh, the 3-6 series, that series is, is Denver uh, against Portland. Denver um, is tied with Portland 1-1 in that series. So Portland stole one in Denver's home, and they're going to go back to Portland um, tied 1-1. Looking at the series price here, um, Portland Trailblazers are... F- Minus one sixty-two favorites over the Nuggets. 
Yeah, so Nuggets missing Jamal Murray, um, who has a long-term injury ACL or whatever. Um, so he's out for the whole playoffs. So uh, missing their one of their top two players. Um, so it makes him a little vulnerable there. Yeah, um, I like uh, I like Damian Lillard. Um, can't uh, can't argue with uh, you know him being him being a great player. Um, and you know maybe maybe the uh, what do you call it the um, oh, man I can't think of words tonight. Uh, um, I'm gonna harken back to uh, you know the good old days with Carmelo Anthony and um, you know maybe maybe root for the Trailblazers on this one. Yeah, I think the, the Nuggets are still a fun team with Jokic, and I still think they definitely have a chance. I mean, it's not not an impossible line there, but um, they blew out the Trailblazers in Game Two, so maybe yeah. I mean that one that one's really a toss up. It's very interesting. It's probably going to go seven. Um, so that that one is is going to be exciting. And the words uh, was sentimental that I was ah, looking for. Sentimental pick with sentimental. Uh, there you go. Yeah, sentimental. Um, so in the last series in the West, we have the number two Phoenix Suns against the number seven LA Lakers, uh, aforementioned Lakers who won the first game in the play-in tournament. Um, and Phoenix also surprised them in the first game of the playoffs, um, taking a lead uh, one to nothing. Yeah. So um, Phoenix is, um, let's see, the Lakers are minus 117 favorite. Um, to so it's pretty much a toss up uh, between those two teams right now, um, to to win the game or to win the series. Excuse me. That's uh, you know, that's interesting, obviously, because of where where Phoenix finished. Obviously, um, you know the you know just one game out of the best record in the NBA, and obviously the Lakers are riding. Um, you know the the fact that they're supposed to be fully healthy and all the name recognition that they have. But I, I'm sure that the NBA doesn't want this, but I wouldn't mind um, seeing the Phoenix Suns uh, take this series. Yeah, I mean, that would certainly shake it up a bit. I mean, the NBA Finals has been pretty much LeBron's place to be uh, like six out of the seven past years. So um, it certainly would uh, be enjoyable to see a team that's not uh, – like a, a superstar created team, make it further, which Phoenix is not. Obviously they got Chris Paul, but the rest of their team is drafted young guys um, or traded for. So um, that certainly would be interesting. Add some, add some flair. To yeah. The NBA. Um, all right. Over to the East. We got the number one Philadelphia 76ers against the number eight Washington wizards. Philadelphia won the first game um, in kind of a, you know, odd game. The Wizards have been playing um, their hearts out for the last two weeks to even make it to the playoffs. Uh, and the Sixers have pretty much been coasting for the past two weeks. Yeah. So uh, that that intensity took the took the Sixers a little bit to get into that game. So the series price is Sixers minus 2,000 to win. Um, so I, I think the most popular uh, series correct score is uh, Sixers sleep, uh, sweep there. I don't think it'll be easy for the Sixers, but I, I think that they will either uh, they will probably end up with a gentleman's uh, four to one uh, victory there. Yeah, I think um, I, I there's there's not again my my am, amateur NBA uh, um, take I guess is I don't see much standing in the way of the 76ers on this one. Yep. 
so um, the next one is the New York Knicks. Your New York Knicks. Is it? Go are they New, New York, York? Go New York. Go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, against the uh, Atlanta Hawks, Atlanta took the first game on a dramatic uh, game winner they by Trey Young, uh, and so Atlanta leads the series one to nothing. This one's pretty close. Uh, well, pretty close, but you know, not actually one of the closer lines right now. It's got the Hawks minus two fifty, um, uh, based off that big. Win. Oh man, go get those Knicks then. Um, I, I, I mean. Again, don't don't know too too much besides what they you know what I see in the highlights on ESPN what they say on the radio, uh, but there I don't know there seems like there's a good energy on this Knicks team Julius Randle R J Barrett um, even you know Derek Rose chipping in um, chipping in a little bit so um, you know I like what I hear that they that they play hard they play good defense um, and. You know that that's the true sentimental pick. Uh, I guess in this one, I'll I'll throw it back to the days of Patrick Ewing and and pick the Knicks. Yeah, a must-win game uh, in Game Two yeah. tomorrow night for the Knicks at home. At home, um, can't go can't go over to Atlanta uh, down to nothing. No, no. So we'll see what happens there. Um, they should probably bounce back. Uh, all right. So the next one is uh, the three-seed Milwaukee Bucks against the six-seed. Uh, Miami Heat, Milwaukee leads two to nothing in that series. The first game was very, very close very into close. double double overtime. Um, and the second game was not close at all. So right. Miami that eliminated, yeah, M- Miami eliminated Milwaukee last year in the bubble. So uh, I think Milwaukee has a little bit of a monkey to get off their back here trying to beat Miami. So this series, most of the way um, there it looks like. Yeah. Yeah. So I I think Miami will probably bounce back here in game three, get a win at home. But uh, I I think this is now uh, at two, nothing Milwaukee's series to lose. And the series price reflects that Milwaukee bucks are minus 1430 to win the series. Yeah. That makes sense. All right, so on to the last one. Uh, game going on currently right now. Uh, Brooklyn Nets. I almost said Brooklyn Dodgers. Brooklyn Nets against the uh, Boston Celtics. Uh, Brooklyn leads one to nothing, and they're currently blowing out they're Boston blowing out right now. by 20 points. So this one is over. I think that's pretty much going to do it for Boston. Um, I wouldn't even expect them really to, to bounce back in Boston. Um, so... Checking out the series price, I am seeing that series price is not up. The series price is not up because they are currently playing. So um, I I would guess it's pretty close to Milwaukee uh, at a a minus 14 or uh, minus 1500 uh, on this one. Yeah, I I don't think the Nets are going to be turned away here by the Celtics. Yeah, the Nets look like um, they're, they're... activating their playoff mode for all their yeah. stars. Uh, and Firing they're definitely going to be, they're going to be hard to beat. Um, and I, I don't really see anybody here right now um, in, in the bracket that can beat them. So um, Tim, I appreciate you doing your NBA research. Uh, your knowledge was very good. And I appreciate oh, that. That's just not true at all. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. You did great. You did great. I appreciate that you humoring me with NBA talk. So I appreciate that. Hey, I, no, I mean, look, I, I, I'll pop on a few games as we get a little, get a little bit closer. And, um, I am the, um, absolute fair weather, um, Knicks fan. Like 
the last time I watched, as as you know, because we did a segment once on this show, um, as you know, the last time I religiously watched the NBA was when Jeremy Lin was lighting it up during Lin's sanity uh, back in 2012. So it's been almost 10 years. Um, so, you know, if the Knicks make a little run, uh, I could be I, I, I just might uh, might pop on a few games. Yeah, and you know what? We totally we totally dropped the six degrees of Jeremy Lin segment. That was a really good one um, <laughs> that I was really happy with. Uh, we, we definitely yeah, you, you did back. a good one. Um, yeah. Uh, the, the first the first time we did it, I don't remember who it was, but I was like, "Wow, that, you did it in like four moves." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there's a couple. There was a couple of players on those Knicks, and I think I mentioned that there that um, Carmelo Anthony, for example, who's played with a lot of different players. Um, and, uh, Tyson Chandler, I believe was the other guy on that, on that next team ha- who's played with lots of different teams and, and yeah. lots of different, uh, players. And so that's that good. one, that's a good point. Uh, that, that one made it a little bit easier, but you know, it, it's still, it's still fun to play. All right. Um, that'll wrap us for today. Uh, Tim, do you have anything that you are keeping your eyes glued to this week? Um, Memorial day weekend, just, uh, it's always uh, always you know a good sports sports weekend and we there, there's so much sports going on right now between uh, the NBA playoffs the NHL playoffs MLB um, usually there's a good slate of games uh, um, on Memorial Day for Major League Baseball um, so just looking forward to a, a long weekend and relaxing with some uh, sports watching that's right so uh, I'll keep this one. Very, very simple. Keep your ears. Well, you know what? I kept it so simple that I messed it up (laughs) right from the start. (laughs) Keep your eyes glued to the sports. Keep your ears glued to Dynasty Sports Empire, the podcast. And we'll talk to you next week. Sounds good, man. See you then. Yeah. So I have the uh, the Cardinals White Sox game on. Plug someone in the back. Um, and they, I don't know, did you watch last night? Um, um, I did. Yeah. Did yeah. you see the Joe West, um, like, love affair segment that they did? Well, because isn't he, like, um, pumping the, like, most games of all time or something Yeah, like I that? think he's right now breaking the record. And he's, he's behind, uh, he's behind home play right now. Um, oh, jeez. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad that... Anytime you know an umpire's name, it's usually. I was watching uh, the John Boy uh, when David Ross came out and, and yelled at the, uh, the first year umpire. Yes, I saw that one. Um, but I was I was dying because he was like he was projecting the umpire of what he was saying to himself when he turned away from David Ross and he was like just just expected him to yell at me, call me some names and. He gave me some very critical advice. I don't know how to take that. When he does like those inner monologue things. Yeah. (laughs) Those are are the best. The best.